Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 30, verse 3. Let's go. Genesis 30, verse 3. So she said, here's my maid, Bilhah, go unto her, and she will bear a child on my knees that I also may have children by her. Then she gave him Bilbah, her maid, as wife, and Jacob went unto her. And Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then J- Rachel said, God has judged my case, and he has also heard my voice and given me a son. Okay, so what's going on here? Jacob is married to two women, unfortunately, both Leah and Rachel. He was able to not able to have children with either. Then God opened the womb of Leah, and he was able to have four sons so far with her. Rachel is jealous. She's sad. She's angry. She's mad. All the emotions that go on with not being able to have children. And now she's saying, you know what? Here's my maid, Bilhah. Go into her. So back then, they would have these concubines, these maidservants. And they would commonly give their maidservant to their husband to have children if they weren't able to have children. And it is though it was that person's child, even though it was born to someone else. So she's like, go have, a, uh, have this lady, have a baby. It'll be my child when she has that baby, and then we'll be good. So that's where we're, we are. So she said, here's my maid, Bilha, go into her. And this is repeating the same mistake that Abraham got into with Hagar. Remember, Abraham, which is their grandfather now, was not able to have children with Sarah. They were old. They uh, you know, had been trying for years. They were um, well beyond childbearing ages in that day and age, and certainly in our day and age. They're about 90 and 100, age 100. And uh, they're repeating this mistake. They were trying to rush things and not just trust God with timing, and so often we do that. So I encourage all of us, myself included, that if there's anything we're trying to rush and push, that we wouldn't do that, that we would trust in God's timing. It's so easy to say, and it's so hard to do. All right, and then, so it says, go into her, and she'll bury bury your child on my knees. We talked about that, so it'll be as though it were actually Rachel's child, even though the child came out of another woman's womb, and it was the DNA of the other woman. Verse 4, then she gave him Bilhah, her maid, as wife. So not only just having relations with Bilhah, but actually taking her as his wife. So now he has a third wife, right? Very problematic, all over the place. But God is allowing all this. God knows exactly what's going on. He knew before the beginning of time, before he created the world and people, that this was going to play out. How? Because he's omniscient. He knows everything. He, uh, all points in time. He knows the number of hairs on each person's head, the number of teeth. He knows your thoughts before you even think them. He knows everything. And it's this just amazing interrelation, or however you want to call it, between God's sovereignty and our free will in heaven. He'll have to explain to us how that works because our minds are too limited to fully understand it or even partially understand it. But remember, God can't teach us everything that he knows because we are limited beings. We don't have unlimited ability to think and retain, and certainly we can't see the future. God has unlimited ability to think, create, retain, know, foreknow, all that stuff, right? All right, so I can't wait till he explains that to us one day. Verse 5, And Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged my case, and he has also heard my voice and given me a son. So what she's basically saying here is, okay, now I got a son. Ha, 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 ha. You, Leah, only have, you may have four sons, but now I have a son, and he loves me more, so now I'm winning. And she's saying, God has judged my case. She's basically saying, God heard me, 
He knew what was going on. He knew it was wrong that Leah ended up with Jacob first. And, you know, Jacob really loves me, but my dad swindled Jacob and me and threw my sister Leah in there. And so she's basically saying, God has now looked at this situation and blessed me. But he's not looking at it that way. God knew this beforehand, that this was all going to play out. He allowed it to happen. He allowed all these personalities, all these characters, all their deceit, their lies, their everything to come into play and to play out just as it played out. And that's how he does it, right? He will use evil people for his instruments of righteousness. Now, he's done it throughout the Bible and throughout history because the Bible is history because it is his story, right? That's what history is. It's his, H-I-S, story, S-T-O-R-Y, his story. That's history. And so it says, therefore, she called his name Dan, verse 7, and Rachel's maid Bilhah conceived again and bore a second son. Oh, she's on a roll now. Two sons out of Rachel's maidservant, who Jacob also married. And verse 8 says, then Rachel said, with great rustlings, I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed I have prevailed. So she called his name Naphtali. All right, so there's this competition going on, and that's going to happen when you're married to multiple people. Your heart's going to be jealous and envious. There's going to be this competition, and that is another reason why God's highest is for us to be married to just one person, not to two. For some people, he doesn't have them married to anyone, but he certainly doesn't want anybody married to two. All right, you're going to have all this jealousy, all these problems. So Rachel has this competition going on. She's saying, I have wrestled with my sister. What are you talking about? Like, your ability to bear children has nothing to do with Leah's ability to bear children. If anything, it gave you hope saying, oh, my husband is fertile. He can have children. So now I just know I got to work on me or asking God to open my womb or whatever. But here she's saying she's wrestling with her sister. So it's that mental gymnastics that so many of us do and we wrestle with people. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a colleague. Maybe it's a sibling that you wrestle with and you have this competition with. Maybe it's an open competition that you both know about. Maybe it's this under the surface competition. But as Christians, we don't want to be competing like that. We want to be loving. Yeah, I mean, little little competition is fun, but not to the point that it provokes envy, true envy or jealousy or anger or resentment, right? Not that. To have some goals and to have, hey, let's do life together. Oh, I see that you're witnessing and telling more people about Jesus. I'm going to pray that I can do that too. We can do this together, right? Good, like, I don't even know if you'd call that competition. I kind of would. Um, but just, you know, making yourself better, having a good role model, having a good person who can help hold you accountable. That's a great thing. But sitting here and just saying, uh, I need to be better than this person. I need to catch up to this person. That's not going to be good for anybody. It's not going to leave you any peace or joy in your life. So if you're struggling with any of that, just cast that aside. I'm, I'm encouraging you to do that, myself included. May we lay it at the altar at God's feet and ask him to help us not to compete with someone on that level, not to want what someone else has, their, their, their spouse, their amazing children, their amazing social media stuff, their, all their money and their success and anything, but just to thank God for what he has blessed us with and to know that in heaven we're all going to be rich beyond measure because that is what God promises us and not that we're striving for that goal of being rich. It's not like earthly riches where you're like, oh, look what I've got. Look at the shoes. Look at the car. Look at anything. It's just we will have so much uh, vast wealth just being in the presence of God. Verse 9, when Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she talked, uh, it's about to get turned up here, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob, his wife. Oh, boy, this poor Jacob. He's married to four women now. Leah, Leah's maidservant, 
Rachel, who is Leah's sister, and Rachel's maidservant. I mean, the dude has it going on, and not in a good way. I mean, I couldn't imagine being married to four different people. That's got to be just insane. And so Leah, who had already had four children with Jacob, four apparently wasn't enough for her. She's like, I need more. I need my maidservant since I can't have any more children. I need my maidservant to go have some children with my husband for me. And so that's what she does. Verse 10, and Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Wow. So this is his, Jacob's seventh son, four from Leah, two from Rachel's concubine, his new wife, and then one from Leah's concubine, Zilpah, which is also his new wife and fourth wife. (laughs) Then Leah's strap said, a troop comes. So she called his name Gad. 12, verse 12, and Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, I am happy for the daughters will call me blessed. So she called his name Asher. Are you getting exhausted? There's lots of wives. There's lots of just craziness going on. But mostly what stands out to me as I teach this is that people are just rushing things. They're saying, I'm going to go outside of the will of God in order to try to take something for myself that I want. Four sons is not enough. I want more. So I'm going to give my husband another wife with whom I want him to have children. And then I'm going to take the child from that lady and I'm going to make it my child, right? There's just so much going on. So our challenge is just to not rush things, but to just trust in God's timing. That's true for all of us. It doesn't matter where we are. Maybe we're trusting Him right now, but certainly in the past at some event we haven't, and certainly at some point in the future we're not. We're going to try to rush things, and I encourage all of us just to slow down and trust God in those situations. Verse 14, Now Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. We will pick up there tomorrow. I won't be able to finish that uh, today, so I'm not even going to break down that verse. So tomorrow we'll pick up in 14. The challenge today for all of us is to think about any way that we may be rushing God's timing and trust Him. Not to have the stress and anxiety which do come with trying to pull something forward or make something happen, but the, the real joy and the peace that comes from saying, I'm trusting you, God. And if this doesn't happen, then... I'll just trust you for that. And if it does happen, then I'm going to praise you for that as well. Lord, thank you so much. Forgive us in the times that we try to press and push and pull forward so many things. Help us to instead get on our knees, open our Bible, uh, ask people to help hold us accountable, not to push things or rush things or try to be the best, but to trust in your timing. And if we don't get what we want, Lord, to praise you. And if we do get what, what we want, Lord, to praise you as well. It's in your amazing name that we ask all this, and we ask you to guide our day. In your amazing name, amen. This podcast brought to you in part by the Portfolio Protection Store, where smart investors go to protect their life savings from stock market losses. Visit our website to register for our webinar, theportfolioprotectionstore.com. The webinar is about portfolio protection and safe money ideas for ages 50 plus. Visit theportfolioprotectionstore.com. Located in Austin, Texas, license number 288-7886.